Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode two of the Off the Dome podcast. Today, I am joined by Dreams NBA. How's it going, man? Hey, what's up, man? Everything's good? All right, sweet. We'll just jump right into this episode. Today, we're going to go for four topics, uh, three of them regarding the NBA, and one of them, by popular request, will be going over the best strategies to grow on Instagram as an NBA page. All right, you ready for this? Yes, man, I'm ready. All right, we're going to get things going here with a question that I posed on my Instagram a few days ago, and that is, who will go down as the greater player when it's all said and done between Kawhi Leonard and Kevin Durant? Who do you think it will be? Uh, in terms of uh, between Kevin Durant and Kawhi, I think I think the way that they perform in their new teams will make a huge impact in their career. Mm-hmm. So... It depends how KD plays with the Nets and how Kawhi plays with the Clippers. I feel if if one of them like fails miserably on any of these teams, I think it's it's basically over. Like if KD doesn't do anything with the Nets, I think Kawhi will have um, will have yeah. a better career. Because if if you do look at the numbers, the numbers will favor KD because yeah. KD has KD once he entered the league was already dominating, averaging nothing like twenty his first year. Meanwhile, yeah. Kawhi had to work his way in the Popovich system. But uh, yeah, so I feel like if 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 KD could win a chip with the Nets, I think that's automatic. Okay. I think it's obvious. But if if he can't win and Kawhi wins a championship with the Clippers, that'll be the third different franchise he would have won. Yeah. And and you know, I mean, that's 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 a really good. That's a tall resume. I don't know. I don't know if you if you know if KD's because KD has a great resume himself. But the fact that he joined the Warriors, joined uh, Curry. Clay and Draymond that you know they'll always have a negative impact on him yeah but he did you know he did come through he did get two finals MVP could have been a third one if uh, if he didn't get injured yeah yeah so that's a great question yeah I agree with that like I think if they both retired today Kevin Durant would would go down as the greater player I agree yeah even though Kawhi's two championships are worth and are way more valuable and way more impressive than Kevin Durant's two championships. Like, if it, if, it, if it was all finished today, I'd go with Kevin Durant. But the way I see Kawhi Leonard playing this next season and the way I see the Clippers looking, like, the Clippers right now are one of the favorites, if not the favorite, to win the NBA championship, not only this year, but in years to come. And I think that they will get at least two more, that Kawhi will get at least two more finals MVPs, two more championships, in LA, that that might be a bold prediction, but I I, th- I think that Kawhi Leonard is good enough to do that, and the Clippers have a good enough roster to do that. And Kevin Durant's injury really concerns me when when we're talking about this because only one player has ever really come back from a from an injury like the one he had. An Achilles, that, yeah, yeah, from an Achilles injury, and that was Dominique Wilkins way back in way back in the eighties and nineties when he had that terrible injury. I mean, we saw the impact that the Achilles injury had on Kobe Bryant. And so I'm just not sure if Kevin Durant will be able to rebound and come back. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree. Yeah, definitely. If like if they were, if they were both to retire right now, I would give it a KD because yeah. the, he definitely has stats. You know, he has the he has the scoring and everything. He has how many scoring titles, and he has uh, his championship doors. But like I said, yeah, I definitely do think it, the way that they perform in their new team will affect it. If Kawhi does get these, like you said, these two uh, championships with the Clippers and KD gets nothing with the Nets, then 
that might that might go to Kawhi then because mm-hmm. that's two more championships on a new team as the head man. I mean that that would, that would definitely be impressive. Yeah, I, I, w- I would agree with that too. I mean, again, like we're sort of just repeating the same thing. Over, I'm sort of repeating the same thing over and over here. But when you look at as of right now, as far as career accomplishments go, it would definitely go toward Kevin Durant. I mean, Katie's a ten-time All Star. He's led the NBA in scoring four times. Kawhi's only made three All-Star games. And it's crazy that may sound. I mean, Kawhi's only a three-time All-Star. Never led the NBA in scoring or anything like that. Kawhi's never really been a regular season player, and that's why his stats don't really reflect his greatness, really, and doesn't really really, um, reflect how good he is as a basketball player. Like, when you look at his career totals and it's like something like 18 points per game compared to Kevin Durant who's averaging 27 points per game in his career but yeah like you said I mean the next five to eight years for both of these players it's going to be huge it's it's going to really it's going to settle the debate and yeah again if if Kawhi Leonard can get those two rings it it should be pretty much all, all said and done that Kawhi Leonard will go down as the greater player when it comes to Kevin Durant versus Kawhi Leonard so Moving on now, the Houston Rockets have been in the news a lot lately, and especially James Harden saying that he, he plans on winning multiple championships with the Rockets, and he hasn't done half the things that he's wanted to do as far as accomplishments go in the NBA. So my question to you is, how do you think that the Houston Rockets will mesh and really come together as a team in this upcoming 2019-2020 season? Well, uh, that's a good when I first heard about the news that Westbrook is going to Houston, I was like, I mean, I don't know if he could play well with James Harden because uh, if Harden plays on the ball, Westbrook has never been a great off-ball player. Last year, all his shooting percentages were just terrible. His free throws, three-pointers, mid-range, even his mid his pull-up mid-range, which was his signature move yeah. coming into the league, was that, that shot was not dropping even, even for that shot. Mm-hmm. So, yes, yeah, so I was like, I don't know how that's going to work out. But then uh, I thought about when LeBron joined Miami with D-Wade. You remember that time when he he joined Miami? Yeah. And everybody was thinking about it. There was the same question. How would LeBron work with D-Wade? Who would play off the ball? Are they both good? D-Wade and LeBron at that time were not great shooters. Right. They were not known for shooting. So, yeah. So then I thought about it. But, they, they, you know, they made it work. They made it work. Neither of them were great shooters, but they made it work. It's because their talents, they they have like this 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 amount of talent that like very few people in the world have. So they make it they make it work. Which is I think the same is going to happen with Westbrook and Harden. Yes, Westbrook is not a great shooter, but I do think that he will. You know, this off season he will. You know, he must have worked on it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah, I think I think I think it would work. And also, their best friends. I'm sure you heard about it. They, you know, as young kids, they grew up together. And Harden, Harden, he gets everybody involved. Westbrook, he's a, he's, yes, he ball hogs a lot, but you know he's he's a great he's a great player. I think you know they're they're two great talents, and they'll they'll find a way to work 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 it out together. Right. And yeah. they also played in open together too. Yeah, yeah, they've they've been teammates in the past before. But I think one thing that we're all overlooking here when it comes to this is that this Houston Rockets team they they are built for shooting shooting three pointers, and this will be really the first time in Russell Westbrook's career where, where he will have excellent three-point shooters surrounding him. Like, he doesn't just have one yes. or two great three-point shooters. I mean, he's got a whole team full of shooters. And I think that when we're talking about and when we're looking at the Houston Rockets and analyzing the team, a lot of people 
a lot of people overlook the fact that Russell Westbrook really for him is in a near perfect situation as far as team chemistry goes. He's got his best friend running point guard with or running at his playing shooting guard who also is you know I thought should have won MVP MVP last year and then he's got guys yeah. like PJ Tucker and uh, Austin Rivers and, and uh, Gerald Green and Eric Gordon and all these guys who can bang threes. He's got a really solid team around him and for some reason I don't know like I just got a it's got a weird feeling about the Houston Rockets this year. Like they they've got a good shit as good as the Lakers and the Clippers are and the Warriors are, the Houston Rockets have a shot at the NBA Finals. They, no, I agree I with you. I agree with you. I agree with you. Yeah. You know, uh, to, to add on to your point, uh, one thing that you did bring up that's that's a great point is in OKC, he never had great shooters around him. So with with Westbrook's style of play, because Westbrook, when he goes downhill, it's like when LeBron goes downhill, it's very hard stopping them. But LeBron always had success when he has shooters around him. So he'll just goes drive straight into the paint and just throw it out once the double comes. Yeah. With Westbrook and OKC, if that double comes, he don't really have a reliable shooter other than Paul George to throw it out to. Mm-hmm. He so he has to like to force some crazy shot or give it to Steven Adams. Not like what you said in Houston. You have shooters all around him, so that'll make him more dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with and that. All, yeah, and on the second point, now he's playing on a Mike D'Antoni system, which people forget. Players just tend to, their numbers, their play style, everything just goes up when you play with Mike D'Antoni. It doesn't, it doesn't result in wins. I mean, it doesn't result, uh, it doesn't result in trend championships, but, you know, your numbers do go up. It's a fight. It's a, it's a fast-paced play, you know, up and down. And that, that seems to be something that would, fit, that would fit Westbrook's style of play. Yeah, I, I agree with that. So if you had to make a prediction how many wins you, do you think that the Houston Rockets would be getting this season? You know, I, James Harden and Westbrook are both regular season players. So I would not be surprised if they if they led the, the West in wins. If they came in first or second with like around 55 wins, yeah. I would not be shocked because they're not the type to be, to be like, oh, let me rest for the playoffs. That's true. That's more like... That's more like the Lakers with LeBron and AD. Yeah. That's more like uh, the the Clippers with with uh, Kawhi and PG, mm-hmm. or even maybe the Warriors. The Warriors are starting to rest their players now. Yeah, James Harden I think, played all 82 games last year. I, I could be wrong. I'm not sure. Westbrook had a streak of before he got hurt. He had a streak of most consecutive games started. Yeah. So yeah, these two guys will play all 82 games if they can. If there's no injury. That's true. So. Yeah, in terms of regular season, I would not be shocked if they're number one or number two in the West. But going into the postseason, it will, it will get tough. That's when their real challenges will come. Yeah, it's definitely going to be close. Uh, James Harden did play 78 games last year, which is it's for the for like wow. for the modern superstar this year. That or for the modern superstar right now, that's quite a bit. You that's can a lot. <laughs> yeah, you, can, you can argue that he sort of had to play all those games though, because Houston they were in 14th at one point in the year and. Without James Harden, there's no way that they're getting anywhere close to, to the amount of success they had last year. Of course, with the injuries to Capella and all those guys, Chris Paul as well, James Harden sort of needed to play those games. But I, like, I'd agree with you there. I think that the I have the Houston Rockets finishing third place right now in the Western Conference behind the Clippers and the, the Denver Nuggets. But yeah, I mean, again, they're, they're, they're going to be really good in the, in the regular season. The question has... For, for me this year and the same question that's always been there for the Houston Rockets is how will they play in the playoffs 
and this year like I said I feel like they're just they're gonna luck their way into the Western Conference Finals I think and from there who knows mm-hmm. yeah. I mean I agree that's, that's a great prediction also another thing about the Rockets is who would be the third guy yeah yes I know that I know that Harden and, and Westbrook's gonna have like 70% of the usage rate yeah the ball's gonna go down but that third guy is, is huge because what if Westbrook just you know you know how when Westbrook gets into his zone where he just breaking every shot that he <laughs> takes two for three and yeah. then Harden, you know, want to pass the ball. Who's that third guy that's going to come in and just be like, "All right, guys, you know," because we know Mike D'Antoni's now. Mike D'Antoni's going to tell him, "Keep shooting." Right. Yeah. He's like, go, go ahead, keep doing it, even though that's clearly not the, you know, the way to go. Yeah. Who's that third guy that's going to come in and be like, "All right, let's slow the pace down," you know, do this, you do that. I think that third guy will be very important. And it's funny because they traded Chris Paul, but Chris Paul would actually be like the perfect fit at that time because he's yeah. a veteran. He could handle the ball. He he knows under pressure what to do. Well, you know they had to get they had they had to get rid of him for Westbrook. He can control the pace and everything. But I think, I think that Eric Gordon actually Eric Gordon yeah. is not bad. That's when looking at at the roster right now. Like as as far as ball handling goes, I think Eric Gordon would be that guy, the third guy there. He he's got ten tons of experience and he's a really good player as well. Yeah, the third best player on the Houston Rockets. It could be Eric Gordon, but I think that Clint Capella will probably end the season off with scoring the third amount, uh, the third most amount of points per game for Houston, just because the role that he plays in that Mike D'Antoni system, both on offense and the pick and roll with Harden and now Russell Westbrook, and as well as him being the main defender, they're probably their best defender as far as you know the the interior presence that he has for the Houston Rockets. I mean James Harden and. and P.J. Tucker are great defenders, too. I mean, James Harden's not a great defender, but P.J. Tucker's a really good defender. And the Houston, mm-hmm. they've got a nice little defensive team. It's probably one of the more underrated defensive teams. And Clint Capella really, really is the rock. He's sort of like the Rudy Gobert of the, of the Houston Rockets. Obviously not as good as Rudy Gobert, but he's that main guy on defense, the rock in the middle there. But, yeah, I mean, I agree with the uh, saying that Eric Gordon probably will be the, the third the third ball handler for the Houston Rockets just because he's the most talented non-center, I think, on the team. Yeah, I think, I mean, also Eric Gordon is most likely going to come off the bench. So he's going to come off the bench shoot, you know, all his shots. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, Eric Gordon is going to have to share the ball with Westbrook and Harden. But, you know, it's a good point that you brought up about Capella because, all right, I actually think Capella is one of the huge uh, huge factors for the, for the Rockets if they want to win the whole thing because... Capella has to be more than just you know a lob and dunk player. I think yeah. that's the that's 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 all he's been doing in his whole career, just a lob dunk, lob dunk. Yeah. He needs if he develops like a real post up game, like just dump it down low to him. He could back in his defender and just you know find a post move that's productive. I, I think he, that will be a huge factor because as you in your, as you saw in the postseason, that 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 uh, pick and pop, that pick and dunk with Harden. It, they the defense tend to like pick it up, so it's yeah. not successful. Like in the regular season, you could do on like on these on the, on the weaker teams, but in the yeah. postseason, when when the big game becomes a half court game, all those alleys are not as you know they don't come as easy as they did in the regular season. Right, so yeah. and as and yeah, and I think and I think Draymond, yeah, Draymond is a good defender, but Draymond absolutely killed Capella. He took him out of the whole series. Like yeah. I, he Draymond himself. Serious, and Capella is a much taller, taller, and bigger guy. 
So I think, yeah, I think for them to succeed, other than Westbrook and Harden, I do think Capella needs to change up his game. He has to be more than a, you know, a dunker. He needs, you know, dump the ball down low to him at least like two, three times a game, back in his defender, hook, you know, layup, something like that. I agree with that. I mean, all he's really been asked to do in the, in the Mike D'Antoni system is just set screens for Harden and catch set screens. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, if, if he can develop a nice little post game, again, like a, having a post game isn't really very... There's not a lot of big men who have a good post game as far as just like straight up post moves like we used to see in the 90s guys like Akeem Olajuwon and stuff like that. Yeah. Like it's, it's not really, it's, 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 we're seeing less and less of it in the modern NBA, which is too bad. But yeah, if Clint Capella yeah. can develop that and just it being a reliable player that you can just dump the ball down to him and he can get you a bucket or two in, in a big situation, that's going to yeah. work wonders for the Rockets. That's going to be a huge way that it's going to be a huge, um, huge, huge, huge factor for them. Especially in the playoffs, and it's like you said, when the, when the game's close. But I feel like if they if they want to win the whole thing, I don't think you call cool Mike D'Antoni. No, I mean he just his his track record just shows that this guy cannot win in the postseason. <laughs> because look, let me tell you something. So in the postseason, if you ask any coaches, what's the postseason for a coach? They'll tell you the postseason is a game of adjustments. You have to be able to adjust from quarter to quarter, not just from game to game. And Mike D'Antoni, in every interview, they've asked him, do you think your play style works in the postseason? Could it get you a championship? Is there anything you have to change? And he repeatedly says, no, I'm not changing anything with my style. I want, you know, 50, 60 games in the regular season. Right. I've had success with it. Why am I going to change it? And it's, I mean, yes, he's a great coach, but like, you got to be, you know, you got to, you know, it's common sense. If something doesn't work, for like 10 years in the postseason change it up change up something yeah. you can't I'll never forget the Rockets missed 27 straight threes against the Warriors and Mike D'Antoni did not do anything to change it what did he tell him keep shooting I mean come on now I mean yeah. you get millions of dollars that's just common sense if you're missing 27 straight threes change it up get a bucket down low drive do something yeah I remember that, that so was... yeah I don't, think could, I don't think they could win with Mike D'Antoni <laughs> yeah that, yeah, I mean, Mike D'Antoni, we've seen him his entire career, even as far back as with the Phoenix Suns when he had that great Suns team with uh, Steve Nash and Amari Stoudemire and all those guys. They would have great yeah. regular seasons, and then the playoffs would come around and they'd get to, like, around the third round, and then he would just disappear, and he, he would choke up and he would lose games, and we, we've seen that throughout his entire career. Great regular season coach, but in the playoffs, like you said, it just... and. <laughs> Just doesn't work out, and you you brought up the the Rockets game game seven, I think it was in 2018. Seven, missed, 17, 20, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah, 20, 2017 was against the Spurs, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, 2018 was when when Chris Paul got hurt. But yeah, they brought up. Oh, yeah. They missed 27 straight threes. That game was just absolutely devastating for me. I mean, I. <laughs> That, oh my gosh! I almost broke my TV for that game. That, that was awful. <laughs> I, was, I hated that game. I'm not even a Rockets fan. I just really hated the Warriors. But and that just pissed pissed me off. Like, yeah. Anyway, let's let's move on from this topic. Before, <laughs> before I uh, okay, we'll move on to the to an interesting subject now that I've seen a lot of people start talking about now that the ES or the Sports Illustrated Top 100 list came out. And that is who's going to be the main guy for the for the Utah Jazz? Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, or Mike Conley? What are your thoughts? So and so when you have when you have guys like Gobert, Mitchell, and Conley, 
I think the most talented is Conley, but in terms of who's the leader, never tends to be who's the most talented. Right. So while I do think, you know, Conley is the most talented, I think the leader would have to be Don Don Mitchell because he's been it's between him and Gobert because they've both the been in okay. the Yeah, so it's going to be between I think Mitchell or Gobert because they've been with, with Utah and Conley is just a new addition. Yeah. So Conley has to you know learn the system and everything. I think it will be Mitchell because if M- Mitchell looks like a leader even when he plays, like he gets his yeah. guys together. Yeah. He's he never gives up even you know if the game looks like it's at it you know it's basically over he's still fighting and if, even when you saw in the over last month in the the world the FIBA World Cup for the yeah. Olympics Don Mitchell was clearly the best player yeah he, I mean Don Mitchell so I, I I feel like it will I feel like it will be Mitchell but it, it could alternate that that's that's a tough question yeah I mean Don Mitchell's a dog and he's a I think right now that he's he will one day be a leader. But when you've got a guy like Mike Connolly on your team, and even though, yes, Mike Connolly is his first year here and he just got traded to the, yeah, he just got traded to Utah, when, I, I'd much rather have Mike Connolly leading my team than a young guy, as Donovan Mitchell, what is he, 22 years old? Donovan Mitchell's got great skill. I think Donovan Mitchell's the better player than Mike Connolly, and I think that Mitchell Connolly Gobert debate, who's the better player? You can go on and on. For days and days, I mean, people have different sorts of opinions, but I think that Mitchell's the better overall player. But Mike Connolly, I mean, he's got so much experience, and when when the playoffs come around, Mike Connolly, he's not shy of the big moment. He's never made it to the finals or anything like that. But I mean, with the Memphis Grizzlies team with Marcus All and Zach Randolph back in back in the day, they went to they went to the third round a few times. They they were always a tough out. They would always provide you know really good competition to whoever they played, be it the Warriors, the Spurs. Any team, I mean, the, Mike Connolly was really, he, he was something special for the Memphis Grizzlies. The Grizzlies made seven straight playoff appearances with, with Mike Connolly. And I don't like, again, he, he's, he's, got, he's got great skill. He's old enough to be a leader. He's respected around the NBA. Oh, yeah, definitely. He, he will, at least in crunch time, when it comes down to it, Mike Connolly is going to be the guy with the ball in his hands and he will be the leader of the team. I think that, that that's my thoughts. Gobert, for me, like, he, I think Gobert is probably the best player on the team and might even be the most valuable player on the team because of how good he is on defense. But, the most valuable yeah, I mean, he's such a, such a valuable player for the Utah Jazz. But the thing with Gobert is the language barrier, I think. I mean, like, that might not sound great and it might sound sort of like sort of a weak argument, but with the language barrier between... Rudy Gobert and you know him being French and he doesn't speak the greatest English in the world. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I just I found it really hard to. It's really hard for me to picture Rudy Gobert leading leading the Utah Jazz when you got someone like Mike Conley on the team or Donovan Mitchell because Donovan Mitchell is never going to back down either. It's like that. Like, but like you said, it could all, it could definitely alternate. No, I feel I feel the thing with Gobert is uh, he's not like he can't create his own shot. Yeah. But, I mean, at the same time, he could be the leader because he's a great defensive player. And that, you know, great defense. When you play basketball, like like I play basketball, so usually the guy that plays really good defense, he's always, like, leading everybody around. You do this, you do that. Because yeah. he's not very selfish. You know, he, he succeeds off the team's success because, he's you know, he's a role player and he's a great defensive player. Yeah, he could so be a defensive I, leader I, for sure. Yeah, like, like, Draymond, like Draymond with the Warriors. Like, Draymond can't yeah. score blocks. 
Draymond was, you know, he was he was the, the you know the, the voice of that team. Right. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, but you know, but that's but that's a good problem that they have. That's why I like Utah. Yeah. It's that's a good a problem, problem for sure. <laughs> yeah. I feel like, like anybody could take it. Anybody could be the. the I think they're all three. All three of them, you know, could be decent. Could be decent leaders. And yeah. Yeah, Utah is definitely a sleeper. Yeah, I mean, I think that people are overrating the Utah Jazz just a little bit. I mean, like for me, they don't have the star power that a lot of the other teams in the Western Conference have. That how far do you see them going in the next season? First round, they. This stacked Western Conference, they could finish. They could end up having to play a team like the Rockets in the first round, and I don't see them beating, beating Houston. They could end up facing. At the same time, they could end up facing a team like the Portland Trailblazers in the first round, and in that case, they would easily beat the Trailblazers. You know, so, or or they could even finish having to play the Spurs in the first round. But it's close for me. Like Utah, I can't see Utah beating beating the Clippers, the Warriors, the Rockets, the Clippers. I can't see Utah beating any of those teams. I mean, yeah, I agree. With like you. again, it's tough. They, they could definitely Blazers and Spurs in the in the first round, but they're still a young team and they lack the the top fifteen talent that teams like the Clippers and Rockets and the other teams I just mentioned. Those teams all have a, a, a go to player that is that, are, that they're transcendental. They're, they're one of the best players in the NBA, and Utah just don't have that player right now. Not yet, at least, with Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, you know, the so Utah, in terms of individual talent, they don't have, like, a superstar talent, like the Lakers have and AD yeah. and LeBron, the Warriors have and Curry. They do have a great system. They have a great system. They have a great coach. Their team is very defensive-minded, which, you know, which could go a long way. And also another thing is, in the past seasons, the, their biggest problem was offense. Like, their offense mainly came from Mitchell. Other than Mitchell, they, if, you know, if Mitchell struggled, the team kind of struggled to score. But now you add a guy like Mon- Mike, Mike Conley who could score, and he could get everybody else involved. And also their bench, they had a couple uh, good off-season signings, which I feel were, were kind of underrated. Like yeah, they a couple guys, Bogdanovich, right? Yeah. Yeah. They got him, and who else they picked? They picked up another guy. Uh, I, I could look it up right now, but I mean, I, I agree with that. I mean. So, yeah, I mean, since the very beginning when the Jazz picked up Mike Conley, I've been sort of romantic to the fact that the Jazz are the overrated team right now in the NBA. But you bring up a really good point. I mean, their main problem for the past few years, ever since they got Mitchell, is the offense. And when it comes down to it in, in big playoff games against the Houston Rockets, especially in the last two playoffs, in the last playoffs, they haven't been able to score. And bringing in Mike Conley now and bringing in... For the for the for the jazz, sorry, and yeah, they brought in Ed Davis as well, which he'll be really yes, good. The on. big man, yeah. Yeah, on defense he'll be great. Ed Davis, they brought him from Brooklyn, I think. Yeah, from Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've got a solid team as well. I mean, they uh, Emmanuel Mudiay now, Joe Ingles, Jeff Green, Gobert, Dante Exum. They, they've got a solid team all around, and solid they, team day. Yeah, maybe they'll do better than I predicted because I think I have them at sixth right now in the Western Conference. <laughs> Which might be a little bit low. You know, the, the I feel like the development of Mitchell would be huge because yeah. if Mitchell could take that next step, because uh, yes, he's I. You see, I like Mitchell, but I feel like he 
he thrives with Utah because they need him to score. Yeah. I want to see how he plays when he when he plays alongside another guy that could score. Mm-hmm. Because of course he's going to average 21. Joe Ingles, you know, don't no respect to, no disrespect to Ingles and Gobert right. are his sidekick. He's going to have to chuck up like 25 shots, yeah. average 20. But now let's see how he, he you know, how he gets along with another guy like Mike Conley who could score on his own, get everybody involved. It would be interesting. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, Jazz are they're one of my favorite, favorite teams in the NBA right now. And just when they brought in Mike Conley as well. I mean, I, Mike Conley is one of my favorite players in the NBA Definitely. just because I've always, I've been following his career since his Memphis days, and I've just always loved to watch him play. So, yeah, I'm going to be tuning into every single Jazz, or a lot of Utah Jazz games this season. It's going to be really exciting. And, yeah, I mean, seeing how Donovan Mitchell can progress, I think that three, four years down the line, if Utah can keep Rudy Gobert and if Utah can keep Donovan Mitchell, th- this team, I mean... This, this team's gonna be some. They're, they're gonna be a real problem. They're gonna. I, I could see a few. They're gonna be in the Western Conference Finals for a few years. Donovan Mitchell's for real. I just don't know if his season yet. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I agree. And those are both guys that got drafted by Denver. <laughs> yeah, so which is crazy. <laughs> That's crazy to think about. Denver. Denver. Gosh, Denver's. They're good at yeah. drafting players. <laughs> Quick question: Who do you? Utah or Portland? Because now Portland got another big man and Hassan Whiteside. Oh, Utah for sure. Utah. Utah? Yeah. I mean, Portland's run to the Western they Conference. They always stepped on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know how they got to the Western Finals last year. That was insane. Like, yeah. <laughs> like they beat, they beat the OKC Thunder, which, that, like, I was surprised by that. I, I predicted OKC to beat the Jazz, but, I mean, OKC, Russell Westbrook and Paul George decided to be trash. And then they beat the Denver Nuggets too, which really surprised me because Nuggets, I guess, I mean, when you look at Nuggets, did come off a tough, a really tough seven-game series against San Antonio Spurs. Where they barely won that series. And, of course, Utah, or, sorry, Portland had only had only had a five-game series and had a lot more time to rest. So, yeah, but, like, again, the way that they went out against the Golden State Warriors was just very embarrassing. And even if they did bring in Hassan Whiteside, he hasn't really done anything in the last few years. So yeah. I'm still going to go with the Utah Jazz for this one. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I'll go with Utah. But yeah, it's, you see, but that's what's going to make the NBA season so exciting. You have all these, like, now that the team, the, the NBA is kind of leveled now, it's, it's very interesting. Yeah. yeah. In the West, for me, like, there's, there's, a, there's three tiers of teams. There's a top tier that have a really good shot at the NBA Finals, and that's the Lakers and Clippers. And then there's the second tier where they've got a chance depending on who they match up against and, of course, injuries. And that's the Warriors, the Jazz, and the Houston Rockets. And then you've got teams like the Spurs and the the Blazers, who I really just don't see going very far at all in the playoffs. They're probably first-round exits for me, for yeah. sure. Uh, I'm, I think I'm missing a team there, too. But anyway, yeah, like those who... For me, the or and the Denver Nuggets. Sorry, the Denver Nuggets. Nuggets yeah. I put in the in the Houston Rockets. They, they'd be in the second tier with the Utah Jazz. Yeah, it's, really, it's going to be crazy. <laughs> it's going to be crazy for sure. I'm so excited. And like this goes back to the first topic, where who will go down as the greater player, Kawhi or KD? The whole reason why the league is like is the way that it is today is just because of Kawhi Leonard. I mean, yep. him deciding not to go to the Lakers, him forming that that big two. And really making the big two and the new big trend really has set up 
the 2020s, the 2020 decade to be the greatest decade in NBA history since you could argue the 80s and 70s. And what's what's great about it is that yes, you do have like these these great players that are that are like basically veterans like a Kawhi, LeBron, AD, yeah. KD. But the new generation is it's it's look they look real good too. Oh, yeah. Zion, you got uh, what's his name, John Morant. Mm-hmm. Even the younger generation is looking good. So that's what makes it interesting. Going into the 2020, the leaders are these veterans who are who yeah. are Hall of Fame talent, and the young players. Hopefully, they don't disappoint. Yeah, I mean the, M- the NBA is set. They've got a really good future. Doncic, definitely. Like Don't these, these guys are, these guys are all for real. I mean, I again, like the the 2020s is going to be pretty sad because we're going to see guys like LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Russell Westbrook, Harden. We're going to see all those guys retire. And mm-hmm. as sad as that may be, it's going to also be this 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 start of a new generation in the NBA, and that's going to be the Giannis generation. The, the Doncic and Zion Williamson generation and whoever whoever the hell else is in high school right now. I mean, this is the new generation. Of the NBA. So yeah, I mean, the NBA is set. I mean, we've got a really good future here. Definitely, I agree. Okay, so for the last topic before we just close things off here, uh, we're going to shy away from NBA talk right now and we're going to go toward Instagram and the growth that... I'll focus on you because you're the guest, but the growth that you've had on Instagram... What would you say the number one reason for your success on Instagram? What what would that be for you? Uh, well, for me, it would have to be uh, well. It's 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 tough because so when you start off, it's very very tough. It's very hard to get like all that traffic. But for me, I think what really pushed me to the top was when Shaq Shaquille O'Neal shared my post, right. and. Uh, I think that that kind of pushed me over the, you know, it gave me that that bump that I needed, got me going. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I would say luck. So luck has, you know, luck plays a role in in getting a lot of followers on Instagram. Because if Shaq never shared that post, and you know, all these all this traffic that I got, I would have never gotten. And from there, I just built on, you know, just built on on top of it. Yeah. So who was, uh, was it? The Ky- or Caitlyn Jenner? Someone po- shared your post. Ka- Kendall, that was another one. Kendall Jenner, that. But it's funny because actually I did not get much out of Kendall Jenner. I didn't get like many followers. Hopefully, I, I got the most off Shaq. Yeah, off Shaq I got a lot, but off Kendall, yeah. not much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, luck obviously plays a huge part in that. But to touch on what you said, like when you first start out on Instagram, you're like, oh yeah, my page is gonna do great. I'm gonna get like hundreds and hundreds of followers to begin with, and get thousands and thousands of followers. And you start off and like a weekend, you're like, all right, I'm doing all right. And then you start, it start, you start to plateau and you start to realize that it's a lot tougher than it seems. And I think that the number one thing for me is just to, to keep like as, as cliche as this may sound, just if you love the game of basketball, and like, like I'll focus more on, M- on the NBA accounts here, but like if you love the game of basketball and you love the NBA, you, you just will always feel motivated to keep making keep making content I mean that's for me like I've created over a thousand posts now on Instagram and that for me is I'm more proud of that than the number of followers I'll ever have just because I've I don't know like I I love the game so much that I just want to keep making content and that's like the number one tip for me do what you love to do if you don't love if you don't love the game of basketball or you don't love reposting music stuff you know just don't do it I mean if you don't love it it's not for you that's, you know, that's no, I, I I definitely agree with you because at first, at first, I used to start with three posts a day, because yeah. yeah so yeah, that's also like for anybody else that's starting their own Instagram page, 
try to post like three times a day because especially at first because you don't have the followers you don't yeah. have the traffic you're going to have to to do that extra work that extra post that extra you know extra creativity you try to be as creative as possible don't look at other accounts see what they're doing and like, you know just do something like them like top shooters of 2010 like these i've seen that a million times on instagram think of something new uh like you know just i don't just be creative because you want to stay you want to stand out from everybody yeah i mean your page is a perfect example of that like to, i was touching the kendall jenner one or whatever the kendall yeah. jenner post that she posted it's like the starting lineup of all players who dated Kardashian <laughs> something like that like, oh, who, who, who the hell thinks of that it's hilarious you that. you're right yeah you have yeah. to be you have to try to be as creative as possible because like i said when when i look when i was looking at it uh who did i so i i don't know there was one page that really got me thinking about i think it was the fast break yes the mm-hmm. fa- you, do you follow the fast break yeah. on ig yeah so yeah i was following his page and i really liked it and i was like hey you know what what advice you know create my own thing so then uh i was like and then i started looking i was like you know there's a lot of there's a lot of these pages that are you know that are like that and i was looking yeah. i was like they're all like they all do the same thing they're all very similar I was, yeah. I was like, all right, I'm not going to just be another page like them. I mean, I'll do basketball, but like with a twist on it, you know? Right, like, yeah. so I started my first, my first, first, now listen to this, this is crazy. My first ever post, I ranked the best NBA players born in New York. Okay, yeah. So I put that up and I was like, all right, you know, let's see how it goes. And Lance Stevenson, <laughs> Lance Stevenson liked it. And I'm like, wow, you know, on my first post, Lance Stevenson liked it. So, so that that actually gave me motivation. I was like, oh, you know, I could, you know, I could do something with this. So then I kept posting, I kept posting, and then I had uh, Ken Bazemore and Robert Covington shared shared my post. So I was like, wow. Yeah. And then Shaq, and then you know, and then so you do have to get kind of lucky, but it's also creativity and like you said, do you know, do for the you know for the love of the game because uh, it's tough. It's definitely tough because there's a lot of pages out there, and uh, also just. Just, you know, just try to be consistent with it. You know, don't go like a day without, you know, unless, you know, you're very busy. But try to yeah. post every day because you want to show your followers that, that, you know, that this is serious. You know, you're not just messing around. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I mean, yeah, like this, you, you sort of, you hit, you hit, you hit it right there. I mean, that, that's the whole thing. Those players wouldn't have reposted your, your content if it wasn't original. Like they get tagged in hundreds and hundreds of posts each and every day. And if your content wasn't original and wasn't, you know, eye-catching, then they would have never reposted that. So definitely, you were lucky yeah. and, but, I mean, you have to be good to be lucky, right? I mean, you can't yeah, just, definitely. Yeah. So I agree with that. Anyway, this is a, any, anything else you want to talk about, by the way, before we, before we finish things off here? Uh, the one thing I would say is we need Melo back in the league. You know, Carmelo, what what team do you want him to? What team do you want to see him on? On a winning team, I don't want to see him join a bum team and just you know chuck up thirty shots. I, I want to see him on like a Clipper team, a Laker team, uh, even the Celtics. I was thinking about it, a Celtics. But you know what's another thing that disappointed me? That wow. all right, he didn't play for Team USA. Okay, and I understand which which I found very like messed up. But I was talking to somebody else. They're like, listen, he's Puerto Rican too. How come he did not play for Team Puerto Rico? And that would have been a great opportunity for him. Yeah. I mean, I think he's a bit too proud to play in Puerto Rico because like you said, he's, he wants to be a winner. Right? He'd be better on a winning team. But that's a great opportunity. You could... Yeah. And 
I mean, imagine you he beats. I mean, I don't know if they will, but you know if that would have been possible. Imagine he beats Team USA with Team Puerto Rico. I mean, it just it would just show the league. You know, he would have, yeah. he would be able to finally get back on the court and show. You know, like you know, I still got it. I mean, that's the only thing I have. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, and funny enough, last week I talked about it on, my, on the podcast with Hoops.Empire, and he brought up a good idea that why doesn't Carmelo, Carmelo Anthony just play in the big three if no one signs him? Play in the big three, and you saw Joe Johnson dominating the big three, and Joe, and Joe Johnson's now back in the NBA, right? Like yeah, Carmelo, Carmelo would kill in the big three. Oh, my God, he would kill them. I would love that. Like, Wait, like, I would love, I would watch the big three every single day. Come on, I, I mean, like, all right, let's be honest. Yes, Joe Johnson killed in the big three, but Joe Johnson's last year in the league, he was trash. This dude couldn't score at all. I mean, there's a reason why he had he retired, and now you know he he goes to the big three, kills, and gets back in the league. Now imagine a guy that Car- Carmelo, who you know who could who still has something left in the tank, what he could do. Yeah, I mean, you said Joe Johnson scored like what was it? 56 points in a game one time last year yeah. <laughs> but I mean you could argue that Carmelo Anthony was trash too yeah are you a Carmelo Anthony fan I'm taking yeah that. but yeah no definitely Carmelo yeah. was not Carmelo you know <laughs> yeah he was yeah I mean he obviously wasn't as good as he once was he, he wasn't the worst player in the league skill-wise but he wasn't that good last year I mean yeah, definitely. you gotta admit that I mean he wasn't he wasn't great Houston was 14th yeah <laughs> I'm just saying, I, I want to see Melo back in the league, though. I love that. I, I would love to see Carmelo Anthony back in the league. Yeah, just, just end it. Just end it. I hope he ends in a good note because yeah, he definitely. Yeah. I think he's a Hall of Fame player. He had a Hall of Fame career. I think he should end. He should end it in a in a proper way. You don't want to go out like you know, like Allen Iverson went out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> end on a high. I mean. Yeah. All right. Anyway, that the thanks so much for joining me on the episode today. Uh, that was dreams nba uh d-r-e-a-m-z nba anything you want to shout out plug your instagram or anything before you leave uh no but you know i would like to thank you for having me on the podcast and discussing nba related stuff so i appreciate that yeah no problem anyway thank you and yeah see you guys later